Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Uh, camp? Man, I, uh, I love Jesus. Like, like how, how specific Jesus can be and like how, how, how detailed he has been lining up everything for every single one of us. So I'm just, I'm pumped, I'm excited. And I want to encourage you, just like what Pastor Kenny said, just like what Pastor Brandon said, raise that expectation because God's going to blow your mind. He promises that the power that's within us, he will do immeasurably more than what we can think, pray, or ask. So your expectation, it may be here, it may be here, God's going to blow your mind. So expect that. Expect God. Expect God. So as Kenny said, my name is Aaron. Uh, my wife and I have a list. I think we've got a picture of us coming up on the screen here. Yeah, so my wife and I, we've been married for seven years. And man, I am so honored to be doing ministry with her. She is praying and warring for you all in Tallahassee, Florida. We, uh, we've recently moved there to plant a new local Foursquare church. And so we've been there for about six months now. Adventure Church is growing steadily, and uh, we're so grateful for that. And I also get to serve you all and your next-gen leaders as a next-gen regional pastor of our district. So I get to hang out with your next-gen leaders, encourage them, build them up so that they can encourage you and build you up. God is doing something really cool in next-gen and Foursquare right now. And I believe that you all are a hungry generation. And so your next generation are going to cultivate that. They're going to cultivate that revival and the awakening that God's going to do through you. Say through me. Yeah. So let's get to the word. So let's turn to two places today. We're going to turn to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to read verse 14 and then go to Acts chapter 19. So Philippians 3, verse 14, and then we're going to jump back to Acts chapter 19. I'm going to start in verse 1 in Acts 19. Let's start with Philippians 3. And Paul says this, I pursue. Somebody shout pursue. pursue. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Read that one more time as you turn to Acts 19. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Now let's turn to Acts chapter 19. Our boy Paul, we're going to read a narrative of something amazing that God did in him and through him. Let's start in verse 1. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. The word says this, While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions and came to Ephesus. He found some disciples. And asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they told him. We haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. And to what then were you baptized, he asked them. Into John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one who would come after him, that is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in other tongues and to prophesy. Now, there were about 12 men in all. Let's pray one more time. God, 
I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you that you are wanting to speak and empower and set us in a direction forward. Show us who you are, show us who we are, and show us what we have, what you have given to us. Break out in power tonight, Holy Spirit. Make it real plain that you're here. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I shared earlier, uh, my wife and I, we moved by faith from Huntsville, Alabama to Tallahassee, Florida. And I got to tell you something, man, like moving from one state to another, there's a whole lot of transition that happens with that. But we finally get to Florida and like we have to change our driver's license. Now, I had a previous Alabama license, you know what I'm saying? But then we had to get the Florida license. And like that process was really involved. And there were some things I wasn't aware of. And I had to really walk with my wife through. But man, when I finally got my Florida's license, I learned three things about having a Florida license, man, for like my, my, my driver's license. Man, I learned as a Florida resident, bro, sis, I get discounts to Disney. <laughs> like, yo, let's go. And not just Disney, check this out, SeaWorld, Universal Studios, like, man, as a Florida resident, one of the benefits of this new Florida identity is discounts to Disney. You know what I'm saying? So vacation going to be real good these next however many years God has us in Florida. Another thing I learned about becoming a Florida resident is that you can actually purchase something and put it on your car, and you can go through certain lanes on the roads. Like, you get this authorized little sticker, like a sun pass or an e-pass, and like, man, if there's like traffic on the far right lane, you got to go through these toll booths, but man, if you got this authorized sticker on your windshield, you just roll right through. Like, what's up, y'all? Y'all stuck in traffic, I'm rolling right through. I got access because I had authority. The third thing I learned about being a Florida resident is that, man, the sales tax, like when you go to Walmart or Target and buy something, it's like super low. Like, we get, to, we get to save money a little bit in Florida, man. Now, they do charge us on the roads with toll booths and stuff. But, man, I, I have, me and my wife, we, we have benefits of being a Florida resident because of our new Florida identity. This morning, Pastor Shea broke down that our identity is in Jesus. Somebody say, my identity, my identity. is in Jesus. Jesus. Now, check this out. In Jesus... He promises to give us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit actually gives us some benefits of being in Christ. Y'all hear me? There are some benefits that Christ gives us because we are in him. And so tonight, we're going to talk about how to move forward in power, in authority, and in love. And they all work together. They're not separate from one another. They actually all flow together. And I believe as we begin to move forward, as you, the now generation, begins to move forward in power, somebody say power, power. Authority, authority, and love, love, God will bring great change to this planet. Do you hear me? He's going to do it through you. Through you. Through you. Now, I, I, I got to confess, I got to confess, when I finally got my Florida's driver's license, I had this moment of 
grief. I had my Alabama license in my right hand and then my photo license in my left hand. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I've actually moved. I'm, I'm like, I'm like here in Florida, like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta shred my Alabama license because it's, 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 it's invalid. Like it, it don't work no more. And I had to accept and receive and believe that I'm a resident of the state of Florida. I had to let go of the old and embrace the new. I cried. Real talk. I cried. Like I, I crocodile tears. You guys my wife. Like I, I cried. But I accepted it. And it changed me. And it changed my wife. And I had to ask myself a question. So today, write this down because this is our message title, but it's actually a reflective question that I challenge you to ask all throughout this word. It's what I ask myself, and I want you to ask yourself this question. Do I know who I am? Write that down. Do, 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 do I know who I am? Say that with me. Do, do I know who I am? Like, do, do I really know who I am in Christ? Do I really know who I am? In the book of Acts chapter 19, we find Paul. He is in modern-day Turkey, hashtag Ephesus, and he is on a missionary journey. His boy Apollos just left. He's going to another city to do some gospel stuff, and Paul is now here in Ephesus. And what's amazing about Ephesus is that Ephesus was a really dark city. It was full of magic. It was full of cray-cray idols. It was full of all kind of stuff that was not for Jesus. And Paul is being sent by God to Ephesus to begin a moment of ministry with some disciples who the text reveals that they had no clue who the Holy Spirit was. So Paul, being a great disciple maker, he asks them a question. He says, when he finds some disciples who have been with John the Baptist, he said, what were you baptized into? And they said, John's baptism. Can I ask a really bold question? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Like, for real. Like, like, do you know the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, that God the Father promised to send upon you to empower you, to give you strength to do things that you can't do in your own strength? And he wants to empower each of you, no matter how old or young you are. I have seen the Holy Spirit work through a four-year-old to heal a broken kneecap. Do you hear me? Do you know who you are? You are a person of power. Somebody say power. power. Authority, Authority. And love. love. And I love the fact that Paul loved these disciples enough to introduce to them the Holy Spirit. And so he baptizes them in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I'm telling you, man, that, that when, he, when, when he laid his hands on them, his Bible says that the Holy Spirit came upon them or, or on them. And they begin to speak in tongues. I mean, they begin to prophesy. Now, let, let me clarify something. Who, who gave their life to Christ last night? Like, who, who, like, for the first time gave their life to Jesus? Was it anybody? Because I saw a couple of hands a couple of nights ago. Yes. Celebrate. Let's go. Let's go. Yes, you too. Let's go. Yo, heaven's rejoicing. Yeah. Okay, so check this out. So a uh, young lady in the yellow. Hey, don't, don't be ashamed. Listen, heaven's going whoop, whoop, party, party. And you, 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 you got saved too, right? When they got saved, the Holy Spirit whoo, was blown into them, 
inside of them, okay? Now, Jesus talked about in, in the, last, uh, the last chapter of the, of the book of Luke, he, he says to the disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. Whew, he breathes on them. The Holy Spirit is, is the breath of God, and, and the Holy Spirit is now in you guys. It's like, it's, it's like drinking water. It's something essential. I got to have it, right? It's hot. Now, it's really hot in Florida, but it's okay right here. You know what I'm saying? But the Holy Spirit is now in you. Say he's in you. But then later in that chapter in the book of Luke, Jesus says, now, I I need you to go wait because there's going to be power from on high that's going to come upon you. Somebody say upon me. Now, this is different. This is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I want you to imagine like you just jumped headfirst into a pool. And when you come out of that pool, you are now soaking wet. And whoever you touch gets that water on them as well. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is power. It's empowerment to be a people of power, to be a people of authority, to be a people of love. Do you hear me? And the Holy Spirit not only wants to fill you, he wants to baptize you. Just like these disciples. And listen, what I love about these disciples, yo, they were honest. They didn't highlight, yeah, I know about the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. They were like, we haven't heard of it, man. Who's the Holy Spirit? What, what, what you talking about, Paul? And their honesty, please hear me. Their honesty was honored by Jesus. Their honesty was honored by the Father. How honest do you want to be tonight? Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He ain't spooky. He ain't creepy. He's not this magic. No, no. He is God. And he wants to be up in you and he wants to be upon you to empower you to do the things that we're going to be talking about tonight. So write down these three statements as you begin to reflect on this question. Do I know who I am? The Holy Spirit helps me move forward as a person of power. The Holy Spirit helps me move forward as a person of power. We're going to talk about power in a second. The Holy Spirit helps me move forward by giving me authority. There's a, some, some distinctions I want to explain about power and authority. And then number three, the Holy Spirit helps me move forward by filling me with God's love. Let's turn to Romans chapter five. I want to start with the love of God. Because love is like the fuel for the power and the authority of God. Because if, if we're not loving people with the power and the authority that Jesus gives us, we're going to run over people. We're going to spiritually abuse people. We're going to become bullies. We're not going to be like Jesus. We, we need love and power and authority. All of it. So let's start with what the Holy Spirit gives us when he fills us in Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Somebody, somebody sharing the Wi-Fi password with me? Oh, sorry. My phone just, Okay. <laughs> I'm good. I I don't need Wi-Fi this time. (laughs) All right. Romans 5, 5 says this. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out. Somebody say poured out in our hearts through who? Oh, not Jesus. The Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Holy Spirit 
pours the love of God the Father in your heart. Can I clarify something that the culture tries to teach you? Love is love is not the truth. Let me break this down real quick. You can only love with the love that God gives. You can't love on your own strength. You can't love on your own terms. You need the love of the Father, this self-giving, sacrificial, others-focused love. You can love yourself, but it's attached to loving your neighbor. God's love fills us. We begin to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Don't separate it. Because if you you just love yourself, that is a very dangerous, destructive path. Let's talk. Can we talk? Self-love is destructive. It will put you in a place of arrogance and pride and prejudice and craziness. And you'll be all by yourself. That's not for you. That's not for the church. The Holy Spirit fills us with the love of God, and it's for you and others. And it's that love that moves us to power and authority. Do you hear me? So when you're at school, or you're maybe out at the mall or at the gas station, and you have people in your life that say, well, love is love. I just love everybody. You get to actually give them the heart of the Father and display true love. Love that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. Love that is self-giving and not taking. And you get to display that. You get to be that. You get to share that. You get to speak truth in love. And I promise you, if you walk out this Holy Spirit-given love with the power and authority we're going to talk about next, God will change the hearts of the people around you because they'll be around you. Because when you walk in, God walked in with you. Because you carry his presence. You represent him. You are full of him. And guess what? God has invited you to be on mission with him, to move forward. Somebody shout forward. Forward. Y'all okay? Y'all good? Let's keep rolling. The Holy Spirit helps us move forward by filling our hearts with God's love. And we can move forward because our hope is in God's love. It's because of the love of God. It is our why. It's it's, it's why we do church. It's why we make disciples. It's why we do what we do. It's our why. It's because we are followers of Jesus who move forward with gospel, Holy Spirit, giving love. Point one, write this down. God's love and God's truth is confirmed by God's power. God's love and God's truth is confirmed by God's power. So in in the book of Acts, after this moment where Paul lays his hands on these disciples who were with John the Baptist, they get filled, they begin to speak in tongues, they begin to prophesy as, as, as an evidential moment, like, man, the Holy Spirit's upon them too. And in the next few verses, in uh, verse uh, 8 through about 10, we see Paul, he's continuing to be with these disciples. He's continuing to be in the city. And he's here for about two years, the Bible says, teaching and explaining and persuading about who God is and who the kingdom belongs to, which is Jesus. And so he is committed to two years of loving the people in this city. 
So we, we see the love from the Holy Spirit working through Paul. How? He's with people for two years. Listen, if, 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 if you don't love people, like for real, for real, you won't be around them. And like Paul was like investing his time, his treasure, his talents. Yo, he was with these people. He was discipling these people. Can I encourage you to really grow in your appreciation for your pastors and for your next-gen leaders, for your youth pastors, for your, the parents, through, through, through the moms, the dads who invest in you? Listen, I get it. It can feel like they get on your nerves sometimes because they just keep like trying to get this gospel into you. But please hear my heart. If they didn't love you, they would have stopped by now. Your pastors would have quit on you if they didn't love you. But they are called to love you and disciple you and pour into you and pray for you and answer your phone calls at 3 a.m. in the morning when you're going cray cray. And we see this love on display by Paul because he wanted them to, to be part of the kingdom narrative that God was telling, man. And the Bible says in the end of verse 10, all of Jew, the Jews and the Greeks in the resident of, of Asia, all of Asia basically heard about the Bible. They heard the word of the Lord because this dude spent two years loving these people. And now we're going to see what happens after these two years. Turn to verse 11. Because now we're going to talk about power. Somebody say power. power. You know how I said that God's truth and God's love is confirmed by his power? Uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that bring miracles, signs, and wonders that are still active today, miracles from the Holy Spirit are like a sign on the road. Where, where are my drivers at? All right, y'all need to come to the altar today. We need to pray for your driving skills. Make sure y'all stay safe on the road. <laughs> When you're driving on the road, you see a stop sign or a yield sign or a, a pedestrian costering sign, a, yeah, a speed limit sign. <laughs> I didn't even mention that one because I kind of speed sometimes. Help me. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> and like when you see this sign, this sign makes you first look at it, but you don't stay focused on the sign. The sign actually prompts you to look. So if I see a stop sign, it's a four-way stop sign, I see the sign, it's grabbed my attention, but now I need to look around and see what's actually going on. If I see a yield sign, somebody need to work on this. Y'all just be rolling through. No, no, I need to stop and yield and submit and then look around and see what's going on around me. Make sure there ain't no, no cars incoming. When God breaks out with miracles and signs and wonders, the Holy Spirit says, hey, look at this sign, but this sign is pointing you to Jesus. This sign is pointing you to the kingdom. This sign is pointing you to the one who can set you free, who can break your chains, who can help you get off your addictions. Look at the sign because it's pointing to someone. And so when the Holy Spirit breaks out in power and he's going to break out in power through you, say through me, it ain't about you. It's not about you. Say, I'm a sign. I point to someone greater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, I'm a sign, and I'm going to point to someone greater. So when the Holy Spirit begins to manifest gifts through you, recognize God is getting the attention of the people around you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, every spiritual gift that manifests is for the common good. In other words, it's for somebody else's good to build them up, to encourage them, to comfort them, to point them in the direction to trust in Jesus a little bit more. And so we see power 
through Paul in verse 11. It says this, God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hands. So that, watch this, so that even face cloths or aprons that had touched his skin, (laughs) like, dude, were brought to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. Let me explain this in 2022 terms. Imagine if Paul was up in here at this camp with us and he's, he's hot and he's sweaty and you got somebody sick in your cabin down below, you go get like a paper towel from the bathroom, you wipe the sweat off of this dude, and you go touch your sick friend, and the Holy Spirit heals him or her. Like, this word extraordinary in the Greek is is, is not used very much in the New Testament. But what it's saying is that Paul was so committed and dependent on the Holy Spirit, he did not even have to be in the room for miracles to break out. You're going to get phone calls, you're going to get texts, you're going to get a Snapchat from your friends, and you're going to begin to pray for them by the power of the Holy Spirit, and they're going to come back to you and say, man, I don't know what happened, but at like 2 a.m. when you prayed for me, I felt better. Can I prophesy to you? Like God wants to break out in power through you for your friends and your family. You just have to be honest to move forward, to move forward. The kingdom of God moves forward with God's power, and the kingdom of God also moves forward with God's authority. Now, this word power, in the Greek, it means dynamis or dunamis. It's power through God's ability. This power can be suddenly like like, like dynamite, and it can also be a sustaining power that's continual, that's ongoing. So God can burst out in the moment, or God can cause a revival to sustain for like the next 10 years. Oh, man, don't miss that. Like, this power is explosive and it's sustaining. However the Holy Spirit wants to move through you, he'll do it. But you got to be honest. You got to be honest. Now, the word authority is a little bit different. It's, 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 in the Greek, it means exosua. And this refers to the authority God gives to his saints to act on his behalf by faith. Let me say that again. So authority, when God gives you authority, he says, hey, he or she can act on my behalf. In other words, they with me. They represent me. Whatever they say, heaven will support. Heaven will resource. You see, the authority of God and the power of God works together, and the love of God undergirds it. So it all moves us forward through the whole gospel. Paul lived his life, and he moved in the power and the authority of God. How so? Paul didn't have to be in the room. They they wiped stuff off this dude, brought him to sick people, and watch this. They would wipe him with like a handkerchief or apron, and demons got cast out of people. Paul wasn't even in the room. That's authority. That's power. Now, let me step into the next set of scriptures because I believe this is going to challenge you. And I want God to challenge you in love because some of you are faking like you have power. Some of you are faking like you have authority. And there's a moment in the text where I think God gives us to us as a warning to really make sure that we are depending on the Holy Spirit to move forward because there are seven sons of Sceva 
who think, who thought they had power and they had authority. And we get a very rare moment where a demon talks back to people. And the demon actually has revelation for us in this text because the demon actually asks a question of identity. And I need you to see this because you need to know who you are. Hello, do you know who you are? Do you know who you're not? And this is not a place of condemnation. This is just a nudge to be honest. This is a nudge to be honest and to be real because God wants to feel a lot of you tonight. Some of y'all are like dry, like the heat outside. And the Holy Spirit wants to fill you afresh. He wants to activate new gifts in you tonight. Some of y'all are going to get your heavenly language tonight. I'm going to explain that in a second. Because some of you need a heavenly language because you have nightmares at night. Uh-huh. You have night terrors at night where you wake up and you're afraid to go back to bed. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants to give you your prayer language. So when you wake up, you begin to pray in the Spirit and the peace of God fills your room. And then you go back to bed. Some of y'all need sleep. Not just because of camp, but like you haven't been sleeping the last couple. Who am I talking to in this room? I feel this so strong right now. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to get filled by the Holy Spirit tonight, man. Yeah. Mm. Whoo. Yeah, overflow. <laughs> overflow. Oh, my God. Verse 13. Because I believe God wants to deal with the, with the false story we may be telling ourselves. Verse 13, now some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, in other words, they cast out demons for a living. That was their nine to five. Also attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. Listen to this sentence. I need you to see how they said this because this sentence reveals that they were not in relationship with the Holy Spirit. They said, I command you, by the Jesus that Paul preaches. Okay, let's make this 2022 plain language. That's like, that's like you saying, I cast out this demon based on the Jesus that my grandmama believes. Or my granddad. Or my uncle. Or my pastor. Or my small group leader. They try to cast out demons through a secondhand source. That's not power. That's not authority. That does not work. I'll show you. <laughs> Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this. So this, this was ongoing. Like they, they were attempting this. And then the demon talked back. The evil spirit answered them and said, listen, I know Jesus. He is Lord. Amen. Somebody shout Hallelujah. And I recognize Paul. Pause. The demon recognized Paul because Paul put his identity in Jesus. And so the demon saw that Paul was full of love, power, and authority. Come on, somebody's listening. Authority. Paul was not touchable. 
Paul wasn't touchable in this moment because the demon recognized that the blood of Jesus was applied to the life of Paul and he was full of the spirit. But the seven sons of Sceva, according to the demon, the demon asked this question. Who are you? Who, who are you? Y'all, the fact that the demon asked an identity question warrants a question for you tonight. Do you know who you are? To move forward, you have to apply what Pastor Shea taught this morning. You've got to be in Christ. And when you're in Christ, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and delegate authority to you. So if demons try to mess with your friends or you or your family or in your nightmares, the demons will recognize you because you are in Jesus. Jesus, I know, and I recognize Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all, and prevailed against them so that they ran out of the house naked and wounded. 2022 language of the Bible, basically, they got beat up. They got jumped. They got whooped. They ran out the house naked. And I find it interesting that in this moment of nakedness and being beat up, it is reminiscent of how Adam and Eve felt when they sinned. This is the same word that the Bible uses for shame in the Greek and the Hebrew. There's a shame that comes when we don't trust in Jesus. But shame is not your portion if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. If those boys were filled with the Holy Spirit, if they spent time with Paul, got discipled and got filled, laid hands on and received the Holy Spirit, that demon would have been cast out more than likely. But the seven sons of Sceva did not know who they were. Do you know who you are? The miracle and the sign point to Jesus. Are, are, are you beginning to see who you are? are? Are you beginning to recognize like, wait, 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 I, I have benefits as a child of God. I, I have access to authority being a spirit-filled believer. I have power. The Holy Spirit wants to manifest these gifts through me. Tongues, prophecy, healing, miracles, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. They're all accessible to you today, right now. But will you be honest? Some of you are teeter-tottering to apathy. Will you come back? Just come back. Come back. God is like tugging and about probably, I just sense like 50% of y'all's hearts right now. Like God is like, some of y'all are like hungry, like, man, I, I want to pray in tongues. I've, I've, been, I've been seeking this for a while, and, and I, I think tonight's my night. Some of you... Oh, man, some of you are going to walk in, 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 in that gift of a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. You're going to give a word to your friend, and it's going to become ongoing, not just a camp high. Like, it's going to become your lifestyle. Whew. Number two, you cannot fake God's love, power, and authority. You cannot do it. 
You cannot fake God's love, power, and authority. My last point, and we're going to shift into some response time. My last point, I want to read these last few verses because I, I find this very interesting. Like after this moment happened, point three, write this down. When we move forward, God will wake up his church to fully follow Jesus. Fully, or let's just say a little bit more faithfully. Check out the end of this narrative. Check out the end of the story. Let's, let's go to uh, verse 16, uh, Brandon. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all, and prevailed against them, so that they ran out of that house naked and wounded. When this became known to everyone who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, they became afraid, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high esteem, or it was highly valuable. Now watch what the church does next. Verse 18, and many who had become believers, not unbelievers, please hear this, because this is where we're going to start our response tonight. Many who had become believers came confessing and disclosing their practices. Remember our context, Ephesus was known for being a city of magic and the dark arts and idolatry horoscopes some of the give me the right words Lord let me say this in truth and love even some of the books you read and I'm not trying to be legalistic I'm just trying to be holy like some of the books you read like it, it dabbles in stuff it, 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 it kind of leads you away from Jesus. Now, I'm not saying don't enjoy things. God gave us things to enjoy. But like, man, you really need to discern what you are consuming. What, what are you taking in? What, what are you filling yourself with? Because some of you are going to be set free from some stuff tonight, some demonic activity that's been holding you back from moving forward in love, power, and authority. Verse 19, while many of those who had practiced magic collected their books and burned them in front of everybody. So they calculated their value and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. What was the outcome from God? Verse 20, in this way, this way of confession, this way of being honest, the word of of the Lord flourished and prevailed. <laughs> so with the love and the power and the authority of God, and then the church being honest, revival broke out. There was an awakening, and the word of God flourished, or it was prospering. It was successful wherever it went. If the worship team can begin to come back up, I've got some prayer points that we're going to respond to. In fact, if you're a next-gen leader, if you're a senior pastor, will you just kind of line up around, almost like a square, a four square, right? So like line up around the outside. I want us to be available because God's about to do a whole lot. But I want to put this prayer point on the screen, and I want to ask you one last question. Are you willing to be honest with God, 
Do you know who you are? You don't have to be afraid of the power and the authority and the love of God. You have pastors who will disciple you and walk with you through this. But you need to be honest in this moment. Go ahead and put that prayer point up, brother. I think the Holy Spirit is going to baptize you for the first time tonight. I think the Holy Spirit is going to refill some of you afresh tonight. And maybe even some next-gen leaders, not just students. (laughs) Some next-gen leaders need a fresh word from God, too. And I think a lot of us have some confession to do tonight to God and to one another. When we confess to God, the Bible says that uh, when we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us or renew us, change the way we think about our sin. So we, we receive forgiveness when we confess to God. But yo, when we confess to one another our sins, our junk, the stuff that God reveals to us, like in the, the text where they, they burn, can you like imagine, they had a whole bonfire with magic books, burning to heaven. <laughs> When we confess to one another, James says that when we confess our sins to each other, we will be healed. Some of you need to receive the forgiveness of the Lord, but some of you ain't healed, if we're going to be honest. You're not healed. God wants to heal you. Jesus is Savior. He is baptized with the Holy Spirit. He is healer, and he's soon coming king. You want to be healed? You want to be healed of emotional torment? You want to be healed of of physical infirmities? You want to be healed of of relational drama and relational trauma? Like, do you want to be healed? Let's get honest. Ain't no shame in this room. Freedom is here. God is here. His goodness is here. His love is here. Will you run to the Father? It wasn't just a cute song. It was an invitation. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.